The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of a blonde Oompa to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is kettle logic. Yeah, so kettle logic is kind of a weird name for a fallacy. Yeah. It comes from an anecdote that Freud told in The Interpretation of Dreams. Okay. It it wasn't actually something that happened in real life. It was a story that he was using to illustrate something, which was about a person who borrowed a kettle from someone and gave it back damaged. Yeah, and their argument for why uh, they why they shouldn't be held responsible basically was was multiple. He said that he'd returned the kettle undamaged, right? That it was already damaged when he'd borrowed it, and that he'd never borrowed it in the first place. Okay, <laughs> so and this yeah, was that, that's yeah kettle. And this was illustrative of some sort of psychological meltdown on behalf of the the person that he was well, talking about freud was using it as a as an example of a, not a, of a good argument but of an argument that is the kind that sometimes is used in court because right um basically it was kind of whichever one of the three options worked you only needed one of the answers to be correct so it gives you some defense basically okay but it's come to mean a situation where people give multiple reasons right. for something or multiple defenses uh, often which are mutually exclusive and kind of overlap each other in Ill- illogical ways so we've got an example, uh, of course, from yeah. Trump, which is uh, a tweet that he sent uh, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah. And um, it's about it's when all the stuff about him losing so much money in, in the 80s and 90s came out. Uh, and he wanted to defend himself by claiming that actually he didn't really lose money. He was just committing tax fraud. <laughs> so yeah, he tweeted, you always wanted to show losses for tax purposes. Almost all real estate developers did and often renegotiate with banks. It was sport. Additionally, the very old information put out is a highly inaccurate fake news hit job. So they're all in there, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? So wow. his argument for why uh, his tax returns between 1985 and 1994 showed more than a billion dollar loss was that you, you want to show losses for tax so that you don't have to pay tax. Um, everybody did it. Yeah. It was... Uh, sport so basically it was just you know it was fun you get away with it yeah yeah uh, also it's very old information and also it's inaccurate and it's a hit job from fake news <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah yeah and the horror horrifying thing is um that there's 20,000 likes yeah. of that wow so yeah who are, who are the people that are liking it other real estate developers from the 80s and 90s yeah, probably yeah. so the thing is that these things can't all be true. It can't both yeah. not have happened because um, it's fake news, yeah. uh, have happened yeah. a long time ago because it's old information, and also have just been something that everyone did. And and also be inaccurate. Yeah. Well, it reminds me a bit of before where uh, we, we talked about that ages ago, didn't we, where Giuliani said, or is that your example? Giuliani said, um, it's not a crime, and it's uh, even if he did commit it, uh, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't. He didn't do it. And if you if he did it, it wasn't a crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's similar yeah. to that. And in fact, we've got a another example from Giuliani. Oh, okay. Where he is talking in this instance, he's talking about um, uh, Trump talking to Comey about letting the Flynn investigation go. Okay. And what their defenses are for that? Yeah. The president says I never said to Flynn anything about. I never said to Comey. I, I never said to Comey anything about Flynn. Comey says, and he adds this at the very end. Comey says he told me to. See if, he, if I can give him a break, basically. Uh, so we have three defenses to that. 
under Article 2 of the Constitution, you can't really question why the president would say something. He has the power to say it. Number two, uh, what he was saying is perfectly justifiable. He didn't say, you must, you have to, I'll fire you if you don't. He said, consider it. Number three, he never said it. <laughs> so it's, it's great, isn't it? They always come in threes, don't they? We have, there are three defences. Yeah. There are three defences for that. Our defences are threefold, yeah. Yeah, that's what he won. He said that. He's allowed to say it. He didn't say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is what he said, yeah. and also he didn't yeah. say it. This is what he said. He He's allowed to say what he said, and he didn't yeah. say it. What? So what? the thing is, what? what Giuliani is doing here is uh, it's a lawyer thing. It's called arguing in the alternative. Yeah. And... In a court, it makes some sense. Uh, when you're giving an interview, yeah. when you're talking on camera, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no. When you're just trying to put your point across to the general public, basically. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad way of arguing. In, it, in a court, the reason that they do this is because uh, you have these multiple arguments. Because basically, in, the, in this case, if you said um, the things he said were completely valid and okay for mm. him to say... But that's if it's sh- if it's shown that he said it. And our argument is that he didn't say it. Right. Um, so what that means is if you lose the argument that he said it, yeah. if they can somehow prove he said it, then you've still got that backup defense of it was okay to say the yeah. things he said. So in a, in a court of law, it's a, so it's a very, um, which reminds me actually of Labour's position on the Brexit, um, on the second referendum for the Brexit deal, where they said uh, if there's... Um, if there are changes to the deal, then we will back it. There won't be changes to the deal, so there will then be a general election. If there isn't a general election, then we will punt for a second referendum. Because well, they've got Keir Starmer, who's a legal genius um, on the team, kind of making those things clear. And you think, okay, in the as the cards get dealt and each hand is lost, then we've got a backup position and we're stating them. The problem is when you state them all in a row, they sound mutually exclusive and it's just confusing. So whilst it might be legally correct and, um, you know, in terms of stating your position perfectly clear in a court of law it does nothing but kind of increase the opacity of what the position is consequently Labour's position on whether they actually uh, back a second referendum needs a whole bunch of other things to happen before that occurs so it's just people just like left them in droves there there have been resignations and people have voted for not them in the European uh, elections as a result of that. So it's mad. It might well be legally clear, but as with many things that are legally clear, it's maddeningly um, unclear in normal everyday speech. Yeah. So Giuliani's other example that you mentioned where he said he didn't do it and if he did it, it wasn't a crime. Mm. Uh, that's uh, more this kind of standard arguing in the inter- alternative thing that uh, where, for example, in a murder case, you might say, I can show that my client wasn't at the scene of the murder. But if your evidence is only kind of circumstantial or it's not necessarily likely to convince the jury, right? Uh, or if there's a chance that yep. might not be conv- convinced by it, then it's also really useful to say, even if he had been there, he wouldn't have been able to uh, to kill the person in this way. He wouldn't have had you know, access to the murder weapon or yep. Yep. didn't know the combination of the safe or whatever. And... And that means that if you're basing your entire case on the fact he wasn't there and your evidence that he wasn't there is not convincing yeah. enough, then you're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have that kind of extra backup that says, uh, even if you're not convinced by the other thing I said, here are some other reasons why yeah. um, why he didn't do but it. it. Yeah. So you can kind of give Giuliani a little bit of leeway on this, but um, but usually when this happens, this arguing in the, in the alternative, it's more of a, you know, you can't prove he did it. And if you, yeah, if you can prove he did it, it wasn't a crime rather than this is what he said. And also he didn't say it. Yeah. Just, they're not <laughs> yeah. kind of, they don't just butt up against each other. Yeah. They're exact opposites. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're logically the different states. They are saying and not saying, yeah, they are you know, X and not X and you can't be both of those. Yeah. You just can't. And, now is the time, I think, for Marx's British politics. Corner. 
So in this this week of wonders, um, we've got to have a Theresa May clip and probably a Boris clip too. So um, on just what we've been talking about, I think the problem in British politics is that Nobody actually is a lawyer. I mean, the the only lawyer is um, is Keir Starmer, who's on the the in the shadow cabinet. What so? I guess what I'm saying is, Theresa May is shit at this, and uh, because she doesn't listen to what she's saying, so um, in in actually kind of listening to this back again. So the clip I'm about to play is from. Um, a press conference that was held on May 31st, 2017. So this is way back when um, they were just going into the general election that she had called uh, in the hope to gain a, um, a, a increased majority, which give her the mand- which would give her the mandate for um, going ahead with leaving the EU. And the question, so it's at the end of a long uh, press conference of about 30 minutes. And the question then uh, at the end of it is why she's not going to appear on TV um, to debate the current things with Jeremy Corbyn, who's the leader of the opposition. So as the leader of the um, the Tory party, you would think that she would want to be um, involved in any debate about um, you know, what her position on things are on national television in order to not be empty chaired. So the voice of the questions are asked by people that we've heard of before, Faisal Islam from Sky News, uh, Laura Kunzberg from BBC News and Emily Morgan from ITV News. I've edited this to make it only a minute long, um, but it's well worth a listen on the show notes. You could go and listen to the whole damn thing. It's also great to look at the pictures because she does this horribly dead-eyed laugh, which is just great. But I've cut that out because it's too creepy. If you're so strong and Jeremy Corbyn's so weak, as you said, why have you sent Amber Rudd to take on his arguments at the debate tonight? Well, I'm interested, you know, in, in the fact that Jeremy Corbyn seems to be paying far more attention to how many appearances on telly he's doing. I think he ought to be paying a little more attention to thinking about Brexit negotiations. That's what I'm doing to make sure we get the best possible deal for Britain. On the same issue, public scrutiny is a very important part of any election campaign. Yes, public scrutiny is for an election campaign, but that's why taking questions from members of the public who are going to be voting on the 8th of June is so important. But I think the other interesting question is, I feel sorry for ITV, why didn't he do their debate? Tonight you have a chance to reach millions of voters if you debated on television. No, look, I've been very clear from the start that the sort of campaign I want to do is about taking questions, meeting people and taking questions. I've not been off the television screens. I've been doing things uh, in the television, but predominantly taking questions from the voters and listening to voters. Yeah, it's all over the place. It is, yeah. And they are kind of... Even within themselves, they're, they're contradictory. If you check them against the, you know, the real life, and so they're inconsistent with each other, but also inconsistent with the with the world. And um, so, what? So the inconsistent with the world. She, she says Corbyn's more concerned with being on the telly. She's on the telly right now, um, than sorting out Brexit. And actually, she he hasn't got to sort out Brexit. That's her job. You know, that's the. That being concerned with sorting out Brexit, they're both campaigning to be elected to to run the government. So they shouldn't be sorting out Brexit right now anyway, because they're they're neither of them in power. So anyway, and then I love that bit when she says, and anyway, the most important thing is she feels sorry for ITV because he won't do their debate. So there was a time um, when this was going on, the BBC wanted to host the debate and so did ITV. Um, So they suggested that they do two rounds, one on each channel. And Corbyn said, well, I don't want to do ITV's one. Um, And she's saying, you know, well, he doesn't want to do ITV. Well, you're you're not wanting to do the BBC one. That's no answer. Um, And this is where she does a creepy dead-eyed laugh because the very next person is up from ITV. And and she says, well, you've got this chance to talk. You're talking about um, wanting to 
uh, speak to voters. And this is a chance to have millions of them answering uh, asking you questions and listening to what you've got to say. She went, ah, well, you see, what I'm doing, what she's actually not saying is that it was a very carefully stage managed uh, campaign that she did where she went around stay- saying strong and stable, I think was her catchphrase at this point. Um, yeah, which I think was started out as Andrea Leadsom's phrase, didn't it? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. She just kind of stole it after Andrea dropped out of the race. Yeah. And then proved to be neither of those. So, um, yeah. and, and nor is Andrea Lesson. Well, we've yet to find out. She, she's in currently in the running for the new leadership. And it also occurred to me listening to this back that it's, a, it's somehow related in a way to moving the goalposts. On the face of it, it sounds like you're shifting the, uh, the requirement of the you're answering a different question you're shifting the requirement of the questioner um to you know make the case for the answer that you're giving it just it, it suddenly i thought oh maybe this is just moving the goalposts i think that it's more of a kind of uh, ignoratio elenchi mm. um missing the point mm. uh, it's, it's a way of answering the question that you want to answer yeah. So we ought to have one from Boris, which is marvellous. So this is um, uh, Boris Johnson. We love him. He's... Uh, no, we don't. No, no we don't. No, <laughs> not in any way, shape or form. We've talked to, to about Boris before, way back when we were talking about bent bananas and uh, straw men, when he was setting up the whole of the EU and EU regulations as a straw man, um, as a reason for leaving the EU. So he published an article in the Daily Telegraph uh, on the 16th of March 2016 before the referendums even begun. And here are his arguments for leaving the EU. And in this article, topmost in his reasons are because there are so many EU regulations that determine our laws for us and we need to take back control and uh, get some sovereignty back because it's all gone to the EU because of these regulations. He's brought up in front of the Treasury Select Committee uh, a week after he's published this thing um, in order to explain this position and talk further on the truth of what he's asserting. The EU Animal Byproducts Regulation of 2002 stated that stuff that had come into contact with milk or with meat could not be recycled. Cardiff Council decided to interpret the Animal Byproducts Regulation 2002 in such a way as to forbid people from recycling tea bags. It's not true, though, is it, to say that there is an EU regulation or directive that Yes, there is. It would be true to say that some regional authorities might have decided to gold plate recycling uh, tea bag. I think you will readily appreciate, Mr. Tari, that without the Animal Byproducts Regulation of 2002, there would be no scope for the Council to institute that prohibition. There are myriad of these things, we are and they are taken and used by UK officials, well, however well-meaning, uh-huh. in such a way as to so this is add greatly to the this burden is, okay, of bureaucracy. Uh, taken and used by or misused by British officials on the back of something from the EU, which is not something which uh, prohibits people from recycling tea bags, is it? No, what it does... It's a misrepresentation to say no. that, that people are prevented from recycling tea bags. They are by Cardiff Council as a result that, that's of EU a much, legislation. That's a much better description, which was unfortunately somehow omitted. That is the whole point. And one of the interesting <laughs> things about this country is that we are far more enthusiastic about implementing these regulations than others. We do relish this bureaucracy, I'm afraid, in this country, and we do tend to implement it in a very rather change your way. line of fire from the article, which are attacking EU regulation and the actions of UK officials. You totally yourself... disagree with you. I'm afraid I must respectfully disagree with you, Mr. Terry. Without the without the e animal byproducts regulation 2002, there would be no scope for the <laughs> officials in question to uh, enact this provision. So it's horrible, isn't it? So it's it's just you kind of think, oh my God, if he ends up being leader of our country. It's just bluff and bluster, isn't it? You you kind of 
Um, thank God there is an adult. Now, I may be going down a, a weird road that we don't want to go down here, but yeah. how are tea bags animal products? Ah, well, I shall, uh, um, I shall enlighten you right. on that moment. I've sounded like Boris there. What happens is that the regulation uh, um, on animal byproducts from 2002 said that where there is a risk of disease and the spreading of diseases, then anything that's come into contact with uh, animal byproducts like milk or meat um, shouldn't be put into uh, an area of composting which might lead to the disease being spread back into the food chain. And this was put into um, practice by Cardiff Council. So, So their council said, okay, in the whole of Wales, we are not going to allow people to uh, compost tea bags because there was the risk that certainly that they would have come into contact with milk um, at the very least. So, first of all, if your tea bags are coming into contact with milk, you're doing it wrong. Take the tea yeah. bags out first before you put the milk in. Just make a proper rule. Make that make that people make yeah, tea proper. That would solve everything. That would solve it. Yeah. That should be. That's, a, that's uh, why did this not come up? Well, because that's a UK rule, yeah. rather than an EU rule. Yeah. How how very British. How very British of you, Jim. Yeah. So, and the reason that they did that was because in 2005, it was to prevent the spread of foot and mouth disease. There was a foot and mouth disease outbreak in cattle in Wales and I think in Scotland and uh, certainly the west of England, where possibly Ireland, where many, many thousands, tens of thousands of uh, cattle were slaughtered because they had there was an outbreak of foot and mouth disease. The legislation that was put in place by Cardiff Council drew on the EU to give it some power, the regulation from the EU, in so such that they could prevent people from composting tea bags, amongst other things, anything that are coming into contact with meat, so that the foot and mouth disease wouldn't get put into landfill, for instance, or public compost sites, which end up leaching into the water table and so on and so forth. It seemed to me a perfectly reasonable thing to do, which is glossed over marvellously by Boris. He kind of holds this thing up to say, this is why we should leave, because they're stopping us composting tea bags. And then uh, Andrew Tyree, who is the adult in the room, he's the, the chair of the Treasury Select Committee, is saying, well, there is no such regulation. So Boris said, ah, well, you see, bah, yes, there is a regulation. He said, no, there isn't. And he said, well, the thing is, it's got to have been there so that Cardiff could interpret it in this particular manner. And then he goes on to say, well, that's because we Brits love to embrace a bit of bureaucracy. And quite rightly, Andrew Tyree goes, ah. He said, so it's not about the regulation. It's about UK bureaucracy. And then he goes, well, well I have to disagree with you. He goes, well, no, you're just making a completely spurious point and your defence has shifted all over the place. And it's very weird. So my take on this is that surely councils can tell you what yep. to compost or what not to compost based on just their own opinion. Well, yeah, quite, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how that works. They have no, to. No, I don't. They don't have to have a rule. No, exactly, EU yeah. To interpret or misinterpret. So, Cardiff, if they were looking to avoid the spread of foot and mouth and yep. just say, don't compost tea bags. Yeah. First of all, yeah. make tea properly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then don't compost the bags. I think actually the, the, the other weird thing in his article was he talked about recycling tea bags and you kind of think, that's not okay. That's even yeah, worse, isn't it? Okay. Can you imagine that? You know, <laughs> you're just going to get that weak, weak tea. Yeah, if weaker yeah. and weaker tea. That's not how to make tea, America. That's not how you do it. No, no, it's one what? per person and one for the pot. <laughs> oh yeah, it's got to be in a pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, which is why it, you have to the milk afterwards. If it's in a teapot. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, God, this is yeah, why yeah. you have to follow that's the rules. Yeah, you don't put it in the cup. That's right. <laughs> No, that's the problem with Britain today. No teapots. It's a problem. They don't follow the rules. It's a 
There we go. White Stripes there with Seven Nation Army. And uh, that's a little plug there for Jeremy Corbyn. There was this phenomenon last summer or the summer before 2017 during the, yeah, 2017. So during the election process that we've just heard about, um, the uh, the football crowds and festival goers uh, adopted that as the theme where they were just singing, oh, Jeremy Corbyn to it. And it, you know, we need to get that going again because we, God, we need him in power. Yeah, there we go. So in the Fallacy in the Wild, we like to talk about the Fallacy of the Week from a non-political perspective. And we start off with, uh, I think, the shortest clip we've ever played, which is uh, from The Simpsons. Mm. In fact, actually, I, d- I did pull pull a Giuliani and slow it down slightly because other, otherwise otherwise it'd be really short. Yeah, and you could, yeah. but here we go. I didn't do it. Nobody saw me do it. There's no way they can prove anything. But summing up the whole of Giuliani's position, really, isn't it? I didn't do it. Nobody saw me doing it yeah. and and I mean, that's bit, that's fairly classic can't prove it anyway yeah all those things can't be true at the, can be true at the same yeah. time yeah uh, if he didn't do it then nobody would have seen him do it and yeah. nobody would be able to prove anything so yes they're not necessarily mutually exclusive yeah nor or contradictory no yeah yeah so exactly so our second example is from a few good men which is genuinely one of my favorite films oh right all oh, right okay yeah no, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I love it. And it's one of those films that when it comes on TV, I think I'll, I'll just watch a bit of this and then I end up watching yeah. the entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> this scene is from where um, Jack Nicholson's character, Nathan Jessup, ends up actually on the stand testifying. And uh, and Tom Cruise's character, Daniel Caffey, first of all, he starts off by just going through some of the groundwork and getting Jessup to say some of the orders that he gave. Colonel, at the time of this meeting, you gave Lieutenant Kendrick an order. Is that right? I told Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. And did you give an order to Colonel Markinson as well? I ordered Markinson to have Santiago transferred off the base immediately. Why? I felt his life might be in danger once word of the letter got out. Grave danger? Is there another kind? So Tom Cruise has got Jack Nicholson to admit that he ordered this troublesome Marine mm-hmm. who uh, who in the film has been killed. He ordered that his fellow Marines were not to touch him. And he also ordered that he be sent away and off the base. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Daniel Caffey, the Tom Cruise character, goes through a little bit of stuff claiming that um, the flight that the Marine was booked on wasn't the first one out and he can, he's can he got these witnesses coming in that he can prove it. Um, and then he comes back, after he's kind of rattled Jessup a bit, he comes back to focus on those orders again. A moment ago you said that you ordered Lieutenant Kendrick to tell his men that Santiago wasn't to be touched. That's right. And Lieutenant Kendrick was clear on what you wanted? Crystal. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick ignored the order? Ignored the order? Any chance he forgot about it? No. Any chance Lieutenant Kendrick left your office and said, the old man is wrong? No. When Lieutenant Kendrick spoke to the platoon and ordered them not to touch Santiago, any chance they ignored him? You ever served in an infantry unit, son? No, sir. Ever served in a forward area? No, sir. Ever put your life in another man's hands? Asked him to put his life in yours? No, sir. We follow orders, son. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Crystal. Colonel, I have just one more question before I call Airman O'Malley and Airman Rodriguez. If you gave an order that Santiago wasn't to be touched, and your orders are always followed, then why would Santiago be in danger? Why would it be necessary to transfer him off the base? Santiago was a substandard Marine. He was being transferred... That's not what you said. You said he was being transferred because he was in grave danger. That's correct. You said he was in danger. I said grave danger. You said, is there any... I recall what I I said. I can have the court reporter read back to you. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me like I'm... Why the two orders? Colonel? Sometimes men take matters into their own hands. No, sir, you made it clear just a moment ago that your men never take matters in their own hands. Your men follow orders or people die. So Santiago shouldn't have been in any danger at all, should he have, Colonel? 
You snotty little bastard. <laughs> it's a brilliant scene. I love it. So <laughs> it's great by getting him to be so very clear and strong on the fact that his orders are always followed. Yeah, uh, he absolutely sets him up for the for the uh, rebuttal of that argument that he needed to be removed from the base in case he was in danger, because those two arguments don't work together. Mm. They're incompatible. Yep, yep. And uh, and so by giving yep. those two answers in the explanation that was happening to this marine, Jessup kind of hung himself. So Caffey did the brilliant kind of way of there is the counter uh, counter yeah, yeah. kettle logic yeah. here, which is uh, right there, just to point out why if those things were both true, it wouldn't work. And so that doesn't make any sense. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's it. If only we could all end up being more, be more like Tom Cruise, be more like Andrew Tyree and Tom Cruise and less like Boris Johnson. It's a noble goal. Yeah. Yeah. So before we move on to fake news this week, there's just time to remind you about the Trump Deadpool competition that we've got running on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious Trump. You still got time. The 1st of June is the deadline to get your picks in. Uh, if you didn't hear about this last week, last time, uh, it's that there is a list of 50 officials and people in the Trump administration. And you have to pick 10 of them that you think might get fired or resigned by January of next year. And if the ones you pick do get fired or resign, then you get points. Yeah. And in fact, I had to update the list again this week. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, John DeStefano has it's resolved. gone already. And um, actually, yeah. one of the people who'd already submitted their picks yep. did pick him. Wow. I had to get them to change it because uh, he's uh, leaving office before the official beginning of the competition. The co competition officially begins on the 1st of ah. June. So although the, this yeah. person did yeah. very well in picking John DeStefano, uh, unfortunately, exactly. They don't get any points for it. it so. Yeah, yeah. Because that's going to be... That's the, first of June's a long way away, you know? Yeah, kind of, well, yeah, it's a few days, yeah. Which, as we know, is a long time <laughs> in politics. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, do sign up. As um, as one of our uh, group members says, this is kind of the equivalent of uh, uh, one of those fantasy sport activities things. But it's, it's yeah, it's the same mode as... Yeah, for people who aren't yeah, into sport, they can get into this. Picking your... Uh, your, your best team you can pick people from the deadpool yeah so go to facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump sign up all the information is there you can go directly to the list at fallacious trump.com slash deadpool and by the 20th of january next year whoever has the most points gets some fallacious trump merch yeah so we're gonna we're gonna play fake news folks i love the game it's a great game i understand the game as well as anybody as well as anybody. Yes, it's time for Fake News, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up, and Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So, yeah, just like to point out at this juncture that, uh, that A, I haven't lost, B, even if I have lost, by, I've not lost by many, and not winning 16 out of the 24 isn't actually many. That's fair. <laughs> it's my kettle logic defence there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so I'm currently on eight out of twenty-four. Yes, which is yeah, you are, which da, is exactly da, 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 chance. Da, 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 yeah. So, yeah, you yeah. could you could roll the dice and get the same score. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the theme this week right. is subpoenas because there's been a few of those flying. Hey, yeah, yeah. So statement one: yep. Trump said she got a subpoena from the United States Congress. She said, "Well, we have a problem." She deleted and bleached. Nobody bleaches. Sophisticated people said we've never heard of it. You know why? Because it's such an expensive process. So she deleted and she bleached 33,000 emails. Mm -hmm. Statement number two. The Democrats can subpoena me and my administration for the next 10, 15, 20 years and we will never capitulate. They need to face the fact that I'm in charge. This is my country and I will do as I please. They have no control over me. The people support me and will always support me. Yep. <laughs> and statement number three, my son was totally exonerated by Mueller, who frankly does not like Donald Trump, me, this Donald Trump. <laughs> and frankly, for my son, after being exonerated, to now get a subpoena to go again and speak again after close to 20 hours of telling everybody that would listen about a nothing meeting. Okay. Okay. I quite like <laughs> who, frankly, doesn't like Donald Trump, me, this Donald Trump. Nobody likes the other one. Yeah. 
frankly, who doesn't like them? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. There's hands up here. Um, okay, she got subpoenaed. That one sounds like a... Yeah, that... Mm, deleted and bleached. Nobody bleaches. <sighs> Sophisticated people. Um, okay, that sounds like an early TV debate job. Okay, Democrat... I need to fake the fact that I'm in charge. This is my country, and I'll do as I please. I have no control. I so want that to be real. Uh, okay. See, I think number three is probably true. Number one, I've got a feeling you said that. I think number two is the one that you made up. Okay. So of the other two... Which uh, yeah. which are you most confident about? I think number three I'm more confident about. Okay. So yeah. number three is yeah. real. My son was totally exonerated by Mueller, who frankly does not like Donald Trump, me, this Donald Trump. And frankly for my son, after being exonerated, to now get a subpoena to go again and speak again after close to 20 hours of telling everybody that would listen about a nothing meeting? <laughs> oh, hello. So, yeah, right. So because to, didn't Donald Trump, him, the other Donald Trump, didn't he actually say there wasn't there wasn't a meeting? There was, or is it, yeah. Yeah. No, there wasn't. Now, well, at first, it was that there wasn't yeah. a meeting. And then they said there there was a meeting, but it wasn't about Russia. Yeah. And and then they said, okay, there there was a meeting. But it wasn't it about, was about Russia. Election. But um, but it wasn't. It was about. Uh, it didn't go into in, into yeah. detail about Hillary. Yeah, about yeah, yeah, Adoption yeah. and stuff like that. But, well, that in uh, itself sounds like a kettle logic defense as well, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think the there is definitely mm. an overlap. I think the difference is largely the time frame. Because yep. the shifting stories about that meeting, which largely happened, uh, they they happened over a period of time yeah. in response often yeah, to new yeah. evidence coming out. So, so when a newspaper right. reported that actually we can show it did happen, they said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, it did happen." But this is the new story. With uh, logic, it seems especially kind of potent when it's all you've got to do uh, it all at once. Yeah, it's all in yeah. one go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're presenting all of the arguments at one time and they don't necessarily fit together yeah, with each other. Yeah, didn't we do it? We did a slippery slope on um, the, uh, or was that moving goalposts? It was moving the goalposts special, yeah, about that. It was uh, episode eight. Yeah, they just hurtled, hurtled up and down the whole playing field. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I love that. And he just and he's, you kind of think, Look, if 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 this was true, what he said in in that one, that once you listen to somebody and they've spoken to you for twenty hours <laughs> to everybody who would listen, um, you kind of think if that was true, there would be no detective TV series at all when they call back the guy and say, "Oh yeah, there's a, or like Columbo would be." Yeah, it wouldn't happen, would it? Because his his thing was, oh yeah, just one more thing. I want to ask you another question. You know, no, you can't. You've had your questions. That's it. And you go, well, you've got to do that. The show will be over. Yeah, I mean, in this quote, I think Trump is kind of implying, I think that um, the exoneration by Mueller, which wasn't an exoneration, no, happened after he spent twenty hours talking to Mueller, uh, right? Which didn't happen at all. Don Jr. refused to speak to Mueller. Ah. He did not choose to voluntarily be interviewed by Mueller. Yeah. And and he wasn't exonerated. Mueller found that he was too stupid to commit the crime that he that he was definitely committed. That's right. So <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. talked yeah. to Congress about the Russia meeting, but that was before right. all of the stuff in the Mueller report came out. Yeah. So so now Congress wants to talk to him again to say, okay, yeah. how yeah. come you told us this stuff? They want to talk to him about that. Yeah. yeah. And the Mueller report says Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. So it's it's totally justified. Exactly. Ah, oh, yeah. And to, to do that, so there's a whole bunch of cherry picking and everything going on in in that statement, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So statement number one, you think is real, and statement number one is, yeah, real. <gasps> she got a subpoena from the United States Congress. She said, "Whoa, we have a problem." She deleted and bleached. Nobody bleaches. 
Sophisticated people said we've never heard of it. You know why? Because it's such an expensive process. So she deleted and she bleached 33,000 emails. So he said this a number of times about her bleaching. Yeah. He said she acid washed them. Uh, he, yeah. He's described it in a number of ways. And uh, again, multiple times he said that sophisticated people who know this world, who were in IT, have never heard of this thing because it's so expensive. So how expensive do you think the bleaching that happened was? As much as buying... I, I don't know, like two two dollars. <laughs> well, what, what she did, or what her IT yeah. people did uh, after deleting emails, yeah. which is standard practice, um, is to free up space, was that they used a free program called Bleachbit. <laughs> <laughs> that is available on like app stores yeah. and you know open source. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not some kind of weird the, the, underground thing that only hackers have access to. It doesn't doesn't use bleach or no, acid or only, chemicals in yeah, any way. Not it's just like people. it's a space yeah. recoverer. No, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's it. That's the expensive bleaching process that she went through. Yeah. It was like the free program called Bleachbit. Yeah. The, yeah, because when you delete stuff, all it does is just take the header information off the file. It doesn't remove right. it off the disk. So you have to go back and it selects all the the ones who are missing headers and then deletes them completely. So, which actually does free up the space, uh, marks it as empty. Yeah. So not that I've been a hacker at any point in my life. I just happened to work in IT a long time ago. So uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that he knows he knows a lot about technology and yet both of his metaphors involve <laughs> liquid and the last thing you want to do is pour bleach or acid wash into your hard That's disk. A bad idea. Yeah. That's yeah, and do you know why nobody's ever heard of it? Because you just made it up. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's right. such an expensive process. Well, that's because people are saying, "Well, we can do that for you, Donald, but it will cost you a million dollars." It will cost you a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that means yeah. that you've won this week. Hey, hey! Because statement number two is fake news. Oh, I so wanted yeah. to say that. In fact, I didn't make up this statement. It's one that's been going around the internet okay. for the last few days. Right. Uh, people have been forwarding it on as if it's real. Yeah. And uh, what ba- someone basically took a screenshot from Fox News and put this quote next to Donald Trump's head and a Chiron saying something like, Trump goes ballistic yeah. on fake Fox News. Um, Underneath. Yeah. And it's not true. <laughs> he didn't okay. say it. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. many people, it's easy to believe. That's the problem. It's the kind of thing that you yeah, think he yeah, probably yeah. thinks, although he hasn't, you know, yeah. he hasn't, oh, yeah. God, he hasn't yeah. said it. At least he hasn't yeah. said it yet. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think the giveaway is uh, he would never use the word capitulate. No. <laughs> he definitely doesn't know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the yeah. only bit. So someone, that's the only someone who, whoever came up with this basically needed to do a bit more work yeah. um, on sounding like Trump. Syllables, so, yeah. Which means that you're now on nine out of twenty-five, <laughs> hey! which is, I believe, thirty-six percent. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. So you're creeping up. Yeah, you're yep. above chance. It's at the highest I've been. It might be the highest. Yeah, yeah. So personal best. <gasps> cool. <laughs> All right. So it's time for the part of the show that this week, at least, is called Temper Tantrums Are Not a Logical Fallacy, because this is where we talk about all the crazy stuff that's happened in the White House. But the craziest thing this week is Trump's bizarre Rose Garden press conference after he stormed out yep. of uh, the infrastructure meeting with Pelosi. He was supposed to go in there and talk about presumably yep. how they were going to implement and spend the trillion dollars that has been allocated to infrastructure. Yeah, and, and and by his own admission, he he like he likes infrastructure. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's his thing. He's yeah. a builder, so you know nobody knows infrastructure like he does. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah apparently he went into that meeting. I think the meeting was for eleven a.m. Uh, around that time, and 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 about then, Sarah Sanders uh, let the press know that there was going to be a press conference in the Rose Garden at twenty past eleven. So it seems right. like it was pretty clear yeah. that the meeting was not going to go on for long. Um, Trump went into the meeting, didn't sit down, didn't shake anyone's hand. He went to the head of the table and just basically said, you know, I'm not going to do anything with you. I'm not going to do any infrastructure with you while you're investigating me. And that's it. He just stormed out, went straight to the Rose Garden and gave this. I mean, 
I'm not sure you can really call it a press conference so, just, so much it's as just a, a kind of a tantrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tantrum, yeah. Yeah, he was just complaining about people investigating him and that he'd been accused of covering up. The Pelosi, uh, Pelosi particularly accused him of being engaged yeah. in a cover-up and he said, I, I don't do cover-ups. No, I'm the most transparent person in the world. Yeah, again, he yeah. claimed this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, certainly bits of him are. His hair is, for instance. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's disputed anymore by anyone that he paid off Stormy yeah. Daniels. So that's definitely a cover up. Exactly. So yeah. to say he doesn't do cover ups, it's just he's just gaslighting now. I mean, he's been gaslighting for a while, but yeah. claiming to be the most transparent yeah, yeah. president in like the history of America is just and, insane. And also saying that you can't, you know, I can't be doing. Um, legislature whilst I'm being investigated and you think well Nixon managed it that was you know yeah. he was able to do it whilst being investigated you know it's just because you can't multitask well yeah he's not even claiming that he's claiming that the Democrats can't ah. legislate while they're investigating okay he's saying if I think if in a way, it would have been a better argument if he'd said, I feel, while I'm having to fight all this unfair stuff, I can't get on with the work of being president. But, yeah, he's mm. saying mm. that the House... The, I haven't got the time for yeah, it. He's yeah, he's saying the House, the Democrats yeah. who are in charge of the House can't be doing the stuff that they should be doing if they're busy yeah. doing investigations. What, like calling a meeting to talk about the infrastructure? Exactly, instance. yeah, they can't yeah. do that. Can't, can't no. be doing that. In fact, yeah, the meeting went on without him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so Pelosi... Uh, stayed and talked to the other people who were there, including Kellyanne Conway, who apparently right. asked Pelosi if she had any kind of response to what the president had had said. And Pelosi said yeah. that she would she would wait and tell the president her response right. and not talk to the staff about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, and Kellyanne Conway apparently snapped back at her and said, "Oh yeah, way to be pro women." Um, so there was a bit of a cat fight <laughs> in the infrastructure <laughs> meeting, apparently. <laughs> You think that's a very uh, Trump missing of the point going on there, isn't it? That's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? See, and and the other thing I realised that Trump actually can't do multitasking himself because he can't speak and keep his teeth in at yeah. the same time. That's <laughs> you can tell when he's getting a bit riled up because his his bottom teeth move around independently of his face. <laughs> And um, it's, it, it really is rich that he's kind of complaining about how other people talk sometimes. And, and then, yeah. And then. Exactly. Yeah. Part of, part of the reason he kind of only talks out of that, you know, the small aperture that he makes with by pursing his lips is because he's holding his, that is his face. <laughs> exactly. That, speaking out of a cat's ass is, is because <laughs> he's trying to hold his teeth in. You know, just get some glue, man. It's, you know, it's, it's doable. The, such things in, uh, exist. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. could afford the best glue. He got the, so the best glue. He, he, he would then, he could then admit to doing the best dentures. And that, and when he gets finally out of jail in 20 years time, um, you know, sterident, no, not sterident, dentufix can, uh, call him up as a, you know, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, because if he if he ate things that had calcium in them instead of just KFC, you know, then you wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> which has made me think about milkshakes and those being thrown oh, around. Yes, that's brilliant isn't it? lately yeah. in uh, in the UK yeah. at politicians. Yeah, milkshakes yeah. have become a kind of weapon of fear now. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, people yeah, who take get some who calcium. Just stand watching Brexit MPs doing stuff, holding milkshakes. Yeah, exactly. Sufficient that Farage wouldn't get off the bus because they were, because of the threat. Of, there were a couple there of people were, with like, no, no, not that he, he could eat. There were reports that were relayed to him that there were people outside with, with <laughs> milkshakes. Yeah. That's, having been plastered with one that turned out to be a, uh, a salted caramel um, milkshake that cost... Yeah, from five, five guys. I mean, that's yeah. really expensive. I know. Who Get knew? milkshake if you're going to throw it. I mean, yeah. maybe it was just a if you get spur of yeah. thing, but that's an expensive I think it was, milkshake. yeah, yeah. 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 And he and he said, actually, I was looking forward to, it, to drinking it, but it seemed <laughs> a lot, uh, you know, given the... Uh, Given the the nonsense that Farage spouts, it, it seemed like a good investment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, oh so Trump, while he was complaining, moaning basically about how unfair it is that he's being held to account for his crimes, he he said <laughs> yeah. basically the um, Pelosi and the Democrats are talking about the big I word, right? Like impeachment is like Voldemort, and you yeah yeah you just you have can't to kind of it. you have to imply yeah. it. You can't say it outright because yeah. so if you say it three times, it'll happen. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, a man in a stripy jacket will turn up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like Beetlejuice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the I word, nobody says the I word. When he said it, when I was listening to the speech and he goes, oh, yeah, talk about the I word, I'm thinking, what is that, immigration? What? What are you talking about? You know, the, the I word, the iPad? Is that like a new... Well, it's not infrastructure. No. It's not... That's for sure. <laughs> no, which actually, ironically, is what they were talking about. Yeah. What the hell? I yeah. I did for, for think that oh maybe it's a new Apple product the I word but yeah which no and the other thing was given that it was a spontaneous um, you know he stormed out and just kind of went off and spoke to the press so it's just in, in a kind of spontaneous manner uh, that the, there was the placard below his lectern which kind of had. Um, had the numbers that had the the size of the words the wrong way round. So on the right hand side, it's got no collusion and what was the other? No obstruction. And yeah. Yeah. Surely you'd want them to be big and the no to be little, and the, <laughs> otherwise you just go. Well, you want to have the no visible as well. You don't want to have like collusion yeah. obstruction. That would be bad. Oh well, yeah, but but it is like it's ten times the size. Yeah, yeah it's hard it, to see. What? Yeah. But apparently those. Yeah. They had those placards from before. They'd been printed for some other purpose before, like weeks ago. And they just had happened to have them lying around the Oval Office and someone thought, yeah, this will be good. Let's put that up on the on the lectern. Right. So that was fun. <laughs> it was. And finally, some things we really don't have time to talk about. 25 white Republican men in Alabama just passed a law making all abortion illegal in the state with no exception for rape or incest. You can tell this is extreme because even televangelist slash crypt keeper Pat Robertson says they've gone too far. To be fair, Pat's objections are only that he thinks this case would lose if it went to the Supreme Court, so they should just be less obvious about their efforts to control women's bodies. I've got an idea. If you want to reduce abortions, how about compulsory vasectomies for all men? You freeze some sperm at 18 and then you get the snip. What's that? You don't think it's okay to legislate what men can do with their bodies? Well, fuck off then. Great news. Theresa May will still be Prime Minister when Trump visits the UK, but only just. He arrives on the 3rd of June. She hands in her notice on the 7th. After a hectic week in May's Britain, including another scuppered attempt to bring the zombie withdrawal agreement before Parliament for the fourth time, this time it didn't even make it as far as the printer, two ministers resigned ahead of the European elections on Thursday, in which members of her own party predict they will win no seats at all, and which they see as a failing that the elections happened. Anyway, Theresa May this morning announced she'd be handing back the keys to Larry, the number 10 cat. He now has his work cut out, fending off the rats, queuing to get in to replace her. Well, let's hope he gets some good practice in fighting the cat on Trump's head. To be fair, I think the cat on Trump's head has been dead for a couple of decades. So, <laughs> I hope Trump was tired of winning because he had a very bad few days last week. On Monday, the New York Times reported that money laundering specialists at Deutsche Bank flagged suspicious activity on both Trump and Jared Kushner's accounts. But bank executives refused to alert the government and fired one of the employees who raised concerns. On the same day, Judge Amit Mehta ruled that accounting firm Mazars must turn over Trump's financial records, and if Trump appeals the ruling, the case will be heard by a judge named Merrick Garland. On Tuesday, the Post reported that a draft memo they obtained from the IRS says that handing over Trump's tax returns to the Ways and Means Committee is, quote, mandatory. And on Wednesday, a federal judge rejected a request by Trump to block a congressional subpoena for his banking records, and the New York State Legislature approved a bill that would allow them to turn over Trump's state taxes to Congress on request. Lucky he's so transparent, or some mm -hmm. of these things might bother him a little bit. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. <laughs> Compassionate and mindful as ever, Rudy Giuliani first pokes fun at Nancy Pelosi in a doctored video that makes her slur her speech to make her seem drunk, and then 
kind of sort of apologises in a bizarre tweet that actually seems to emulate the very thing he trolled Pelosi for. And I quote, I've apology for a video which is allegedly is a caricature of an otherwise halting speech pattern. She should first stop and apologise for saying the president needs an intervention. New sentence. Ah, end of tweet. Thus exhibiting the kind of 9.13am already down the bottle of Jack at work behaviour that in itself surely requires an intervention. Giuliani putting the rude in Rudy, using self-referential prose Samuel Beckett will be proud of and raising awareness in Mental Health Week by getting everyone else to call Nurse Ratched. Republican Congressman Justin Amash took a whole month to read the Mueller report. So, congratulations, Justin, for being apparently the first Republican to actually finish it. (laughs) And double congratulations for being the only Republican to be honest about its contents. Amash released a stream of tweets on May 18th describing Trump's actions as, quote, inherently corrupt and calling for his impeachment. Since then, he stood firm in the face of condemnation from donors, Trump himself, and several Republicans who have questioned his allegiance to the party. Maybe we should do the no true Scotsman fallacy next. Mm. Great news! Trump is to introduce a language and civics test for new US citizens, much like we actually have in the UK. Similarly, future residency applicants would have to exhibit knowledge of US history and spoken English. Great news, of course, as the man who brought you oranges and oranges, Kofifi and hamburger, and thinks Washington didn't have anything to show for his life, would thus have to leave. Oh, no, special pleading. Donald Trump Jr. has been offered a book deal and not one of those three books for five dollars deals, because let's face it, there's no way he could read three books. No, they actually want him to write one, just like Trump actually wrote The Art of the Deal all by himself. Jr. says the book will highlight the great achievements of his father's administration. So it should be a pretty short read. No decision has been made on a title yet, but I hear a front runner is, look, daddy, I made a book. Do you love me now? (laughs) Three pictures and two words. I've just put up a fence at a total of about $39.90 for each eight feet, which, if I were lucky enough to have a yard the size of, say, the Mexican border, works out at $44,767.80 for 1.7 miles. Yeah, home improvement can be a bit pricey. In other news, on Tuesday, Attorney Douglas Letter said in a court filing updating U.S. District Judge Hayward Gilliam that Customs and Border Protection has now constructed 1.7 miles of fencing with its fiscal year 2018 funding. This refers to the $1.57 billion that Congress appropriated last year for Trump's wall along the Mexican border. According to the CBP report, $6.1 billion in funding has been committed since 2017 for the wall, both to Customs Border Protection and the Defence Department, for 336 miles. So that's 334.3 miles left to do, with $4.53 billion to spend doing it at the current rate, That'll only buy another 2.8 miles. Mm, sounds like they're going to have to go to Home Depot, just like I did. Yeah, I think if they were to put it across the entire border at that price, it would cost somewhere in the region of about $1.8 trillion. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I think they are going to have to make it cheaper somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or they could use that to go to the moon rather than taking it away from students. Yeah. I mean, they could build a space ladder for that, probably. They could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And back again. Got to have an <laughs> escalator. It could have a... I mean, ladders, generally, you can just come down the same one you've yeah. So no, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but what if it's crowded because people are going up the other one? True. We just walk down the other side, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's dangerous, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this episode. You can find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. And if you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you've had a good time, please give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can support the show on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash ftrump. You can also connect with us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash fallacious trump, where you can enter our Trump Deadpool competition. 
All music is by the Outbursts and was used with permission. So, till next time on Felicia's Trump, we'll leave the last word to the Donald. That's right, go home to mommy. Bye. Bye!